time. We're gonna spend the next three weeks in the series called A Thrill of a thrill of hope, and uh, we're gonna we're talking about Christmas. I, I don't know about you guys in your table, but you know me well. Those of you guys have been coming for a while, you know I like gifts. I saw a guy walk in today, I was like, man, I like those shoes. You gotta be careful when a pastor says, I like those shoes, because you don't know if he's saying, hey, I'm gonna go out and get those, or if you're saying, hey, can I have yours? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line. Like, I like those shoes. Those are nice shoes. Those are those are incredible. Uh, I was, last week, uh, Derek and Giselle was with them, and and, um, and, and Derek uh, Derek's like, hey, I wanna get you this shirt. I, I, he goes, hey, you should go get a shirt. I'm like, yeah. I was like, where'd you get yours at? I like yours. <laughs> He's like, come on, pastor. <laughs> he walked me in there. I was like, yeah, I like, I want, I'll have what he's having. That's, that's what I want to have. And I like, I like gifts. Christmas time is about, it's, it's about gifts for a lot of people. And it's the hustle and bustle. For some of you guys, you want to go to Millennium Mall. I, was, I saw Chris and Emily yesterday. They waited for two and a half hours to see Santa. I'm not sure I'd wait two and a half hours to see Jesus. You know what I'm saying? But we, we waited two and a half hours to see, I'm just kidding, to see Santa. That's a, that's, a, that's a big deal. I know at my house, every single day for the last two weeks, we have received packages at the front door, just straight up. And Diamond's like trying to hide them. I'm like, just tell me what you got me. Don't, you don't got to hide them. Just tell me. Tell me now that we don't have to go out and buy myself anything. Just let me know if you got what I wanted you to get me, you know. And so we're, it's, it's the hustle and bustle. Maybe for some people it's family. Maybe for some people it's, it's the travel. You, you're going to travel. You're going to go all across America to go see all your families. For us, there was a day we used to wake up and have breakfast at my house, at my mom's house. And we'd go back to our house. And then we'd go to my in-law's house. And we'd go back to my parents' house. And it's a lot of, it's a lot of traveling. But for us at Hope Church, we're, the the Christmas is about Jesus. It's about Jesus coming to this earth and, and changing everything. Really, he, Jesus, really, he, by him coming out, he really changed everything. People heard there was a, uh, there was a Messiah coming. I mean, uh, uh, we, we talked about this last year, but it's very, um, the way he came in was, was a surprise. You know, last week, we spent, last week we spent a lot of time talking about how Mary felt, how Mary felt, what her friends thought. Probably didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, how, how Joseph felt when Mary's like, hey, Joseph, I got good news. We're pregnant. Bad news, it's not your kid. You know, like that was kind of a confusing thing that she probably had. And he's like, how did you get pregnant? She's like, the Holy Spirit. And he's like, where is he at? <laughs> where is this guy at? And so we talked about that. And we've spent time talking about the shepherds and the manger. And the, the must, how did it feel to be the people that said, hey, there's no room. There's no room. How, how about turning Jesus down? How about turning Jesus down? Yeah, you, you can't stay here. Keep, keep going. There's no room, no room for you. You know, there's seats taken. Seat's taken. You can't have the seat kind of keep on, kind of keep on walking. But I want to spend the next few weeks talking about the thrill of hope. The thrill of hope. In Acts chapter 2, verse 26, um, I love what the writer, um, what Luke says in Acts chapter 2, verse 26 in the message translation. It's on the screen for you today. But he goes, hey, you can, you can, you can, you can lay yourself down. You can, you, can, you can put your house down in a lot of places. But he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stake my house on hope. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch my, my, my tents on, on hope. I want to be in hope. And for us today as a, as a community, I want us to have that experience, the thrill of hope. That we want, I want you to experience all that God has for you. I kicked off a few weeks ago and told you guys, when you come into hope, you got to have a great expectation. If you come with an expectation, if you come in look, looking to get a word and wanting to receive a word, then you'll get that. How's your expectation? Are you looking for the hope? Are you excited about the hope that God's given to you and I? And so I want to talk to you guys today about the about the thrill of hope. If you have a Bible, open up to Acts chapter two. It's a story that you guys have heard a lot of times. In, in just a few weeks from now, we'll have our Christmas Eve service and, and we'll read this Acts chapter two passage of scripture and to our kids. And you've heard it a bunch of times, but one of the things that I found out as Christians is we can read the Acts chapter two or the story about Jesus and we can just read it and it could be just, it could become just a story. 
The thing that you guys get when you come here for me is that I'm sharing with you guys revelation that God's given me from the scripture. I told our staff a few weeks ago, I said, hey, when you guys read this passage of scripture this month, be asking God for a fresh revelation. Be asking God for a fresh revelation. When I share with you guys the scripture that God says for me to share to you guys, I'm giving you guys the revelation that God's given me to share with you guys. And so I want to encourage you when you read this passage of scripture this month, look for a fresh revelation. Read it in a different translation. Read it, uh, read it in different places. Get your Bible and drive out east 45 minutes and get to the beach and look at those waves and open up scripture and read through Luke chapter 2 there. And, or maybe go out in your backyard and, and have a cup of coffee, which... If you're not drinking coffee when you wake up in the morning, I'm not sure you're doing it right. But wake up and have a cup of coffee and, and read, through the, read, through the book of, read through the book of Luke and look for, look for a new revelation from God. He wants to give you a new revelation. God does not want you living on the same revelation. We're about to go into 2019, and I hope that you guys get a new revelation for 2019. I don't want you to have the same revelation that you had for 2018 because we got a big God, and God does new things. So Acts, or Luke chapter 2, powerful story. You guys have heard it before. I got a revelation that I shared with our team a few weeks ago, and I want to share with you guys today. In Luke chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says this. At the time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. Everybody goes back home so they can give the count, so they could do the poll and see who all... Who else had kids since last time? Who's alive still? And they wanted to get the count of all the people. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go back to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child, which was, was a little bit complicated. He's going to go back and see all his friends and his family and introduce him to his future wife, who's expecting a child. It's not his what kind of feelings, kind of emotions they had running through their mind, through their heart as they were going there. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly, he, she wrapped him in, in, she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And everybody said, hey, there's no room for you. There's no room for you. There's no room for you. Well, we read that a lot of us are coming from the old school and you're from the 1611 version of this passage of scripture, the KJV. And it said you wrapped him in swaddling clothes and swaddling clothes. Some of you guys are like, I don't even know what swaddling clothes are. They're clothes that you would have swaddled the baby up, but he didn't have a nice blanket. We're rocking some of the same $40 blankets that we had from Hope. The, the twins are still using those blankets. I don't know why they charge so much for those little thin blankets, but we're still using them. These are, my babies have reverted back to their baby blankets. And this, is, this wasn't a nice blanket. These weren't, these weren't soft strips of cloth. This is just whatever they could find. They grabbed some rags up in, the, in that barn there, and they wrapped their baby up with, the, with, those, with, that, with, those, um, with that cloth. This wasn't nice blankets. This wasn't nice, this wasn't nice sheets. I was telling Giselle and Derek on the, on the way to our, our getaway last week in Alma that um, when we had our baby, Emily, Emily is a, um, she works in the, in the NICU, and she delivers babies at the hospital. And I was telling them when we had our twins, we had no idea what we were doing. And we, we had knew Emily. Emily's like, hey, if I'm on shift that day, I'm going to be in there to, have, to help you deliver those babies. When she walked in, we felt so good. <laughs> like, oh, there's a fresh, there's a familiar face. Because when you're having twins, everything was just a blur for us, you know. And the, my belly was bigger that for the twins. And it was just very traumatic for me. It was very traumatic for me having twins. When, we, when she walked in, I was like, I am so excited to see you. 
And a whole squad walks and doctors and nurses and these guys, they're ready for, for anything, anything possible. And I remember her grabbing that baby and I remember them cleaning the baby up and wrapping them in those soft clothes to make sure that they were ready to go and then laying the babies on Diana's arms and she couldn't feel her arms because she was on anesthesia and they just drop them on you and expect you to hang tight. And so like, I'm helping her hold them. And this is not the same exact experience that Jesus had. He's there, no one's letting him in, no one's letting him in, no one's letting him in, no one's letting him in. And finally he stops and these guys say, hey, yeah, you can, there's, I have a barn, you can kind of go out there and it's where my animals stay at. You can, you can have your baby there and whatever blankets were available, um, cloths were there. It's like, the, the maybe to help you get it, some of you guys, you have garages that you guys work in. I don't, but some of you guys have these garages that you work in, you have these shop towels, the shop towels. I don't, we don't have those. We don't have a shop. Um, but he says, that they wrapped him up with those, with those strips of, of, of clothes. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby and they were guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified as you would be too. But an angel reassured them, do not be afraid. He said, I bring you good news. I bring you the hope, the thrill of hope that will bring great joy to all people. I say, guys, don't be scared. I'm coming to give you a word that's gonna change the world. And that word, John chapter one, verse one, the Bible says that word is God. God is the word. word is, the word is God and God is the word. And it's been around since the very beginning of time. He goes, I'm coming to give you a, a hope that's gonna change, it's gonna change everything. Don't be afraid, I'm coming, to give you, I'm coming to give you hope. I'm coming to give you some good news. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you'll recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped, in, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth He'll be lying in a manger. Verse 13, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. They're gonna be worshiping, they're gonna be singing, they're gonna be singing praise to God. Verse 15, when the angels had returned to heaven, returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. We gotta go see, we gotta go see this hope. We gotta go see the good news. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried. They ran. They, they want to be the first in line to see Santa Claus. They don't want to wait two and a half hours like Chris and Emily. You've got to be there when the door is open. They're, we got to go see Jesus. We got to go experience this, this Jesus. We got to go see what we've just heard about. They hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a manger, just exactly as it was told. After seeing him, the shepherds told after seeing him, Jesus, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And then verse 18, all those who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her head, in her heart, and thought about them very often. The turmoil she must have had. The expect, the ex, I mean, she had, a, she had a slew of, she had a slew of emotions. She was really, really excited and then really, really down and really, really excited and she knew that this was just the beginning, but it wasn't, the, bringing the baby into the earth was awesome, but she knew that the baby had to leave the earth as a, as a man. He would die one day, and she knew she probably would have to bury her son before, he wouldn't bury her, she would actually bury him. All these emotions ran through, all these emotions ran through her head. And she thought about the moth, in verse 20, the shepherds went back to their flocks. They were glorifying and praising God for all they heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. I want to go back up to, to verse um, 17, and this is where I want to get our talk today, or when I, when I get message, and I want to pull a couple things that I think we can learn from these angels. Verse 17, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone. 
After seeing him, after seeing Jesus, the shepherds told absolutely everyone they possibly could go. The story, the story changed everything. The story of Jesus, it absolutely changes everything. It changed everything for you. It changed everything for me. The story of Jesus, Christmas changes everything. Because without Christmas, there is no Savior. Without no Easter, there is no risen Savior. But without Jesus coming to this earth, then we're all, we're all doomed. We're all destined. At the very beginning of time, Jesus created man and he created woman. And those, that man and that woman, they chose to voluntarily sin. And because of sin entered the world, then we're separated from Jesus. Because of Christmas, because of what Jesus came to on this earth, you and I, we get to have communion. We get to have relationship with Jesus. We don't have to be separated from perfection. That perfection is Jesus. We don't have to be separated from hope. We get to be connected to Jesus because of, because of this story. This story changes everything. Christmas changes your life. It changes my life. It changes our eternity. It changes our friend's eternity. Christmas has the ability to change this community and change the world. Christmas changes absolutely everything. It provides us the hope that everyone's looking for. Everyone is looking for some sort of hope today. Everyone needs hope. Everybody doesn't know how to find it. Everyone's looking at all these different kinds of areas to find hope, but it, it can only be found in a person. That person is Jesus. There's only one person can provide the thrill of hope, and that's Jesus. I wrote on a couple of things that I think you need to take with you today. Here's the first thing. These guys went back and they told Jesus, they, they went back and they told the story of Jesus. Jesus' story. That's what, he, that's what they went on. They went back and told Jesus' story. And I'm so thankful that they did because they told Jesus' story, we get to hear about the story. So I wrote down a couple things I think you need to know. Here's the first thing. His story changed my story. Jesus' story changed my story. The shepherd's story, they, it changed my story. I was, a, I was a, a little boy and one years old, two years old, three years old, four years old, five years old. And I, at, at some point in my life, I, I just got older and I realized that I needed a, I needed a savior. I needed, I needed Christmas. I needed Jesus. I needed that. And once I got that full, I got to experience who Jesus was, it, Jesus' story, it changed my story. I, I was living a life for myself. I was living a life doing what, what made me feel good and what I liked and what, everything that can, what, what, what could you do for me? What could you do for me? And this story changed my story. It flipped everything upside down. When I was, in, was, I, I, was a, um, a, I was in fourth grade and I gave my life to Christ. It began to change my story. I went a few years later and living a, living a life like any 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old. And I met my youth pastor when I was 15 years old. This past week, I got to have lunch with my youth pastor. I've known him for 22 years. For 22 years, he's been investing in me. But God changed his story, and his story has changed my story. Jesus' story changed my story. He introduced me to Jesus and more about what God could do for my life. I was 15 years old. When I was 15 years old, I, I told God, God, I'll do whatever it is that you want me to do. I knew this. I wanted my life to have meaning. And most people want to have their life to have meaning. You guys have heard me say that quote from the movie 300. Everybody dies, but not everybody truly, leaves, truly lives. God's story changed my story. The story in Luke chapter 2, it changed my story. I don't know where I would be at. I took a trip down memory lane this past week, and I'm so thankful that, that God's story changed, changed my story. I remember I used to, my parents didn't bring me to church every single, every single Sunday. I had to get a ride to church. And I'm thankful. I'm here today because of, a, of, a, of, because of Barbie Turner. Barbie Turner is a year older than me, and Barbie Turner went to the same church that I went to. Her dad was the song director at our church. You don't know what a song director is unless you know what this means right here. And her dad would get up there and sing, Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. And I was thinking, God, fly me away. You know, like, take me home. Take me home tonight. You know, like, I mean, this, that's, this, is, this, is, this is song leading. 
just song waving and you would sing these songs and we'd open these red books and we would sing the first verse and we would sing the second verse and for some reason we would skip the third verse and we'd go right to the fourth verse and we would sing those songs. If you're laughing, you grew up in church. And you'd get up there, and I mean, for, you know, we spend more time, we, my, my youth group friends, we never ever sang the fourth verse because for the fourth verse, we were still trying to figure out why we weren't singing the third verse. Like, was there a curse word in the third verse? Like, why didn't we sing the third verse? It changed my story. God's story changed my story. I have meaning now. I have meaning. I, I, I used to want to, I used to always want to do what, what, what made me feel good and what I want to do. And I'm, now my life is kind of for so much more. His story changed my story. I'm so thankful I'm so thankful for that. Here's the second thing I want you to write down today. But his story, his story changed your story. His story changed your story. But can I ask you a question today? How much has he changed your story? Is your story like, like, is it like, like a, like a, like there's like a five-star rating on you? Like, is your story just like a, like a two-star story? Like where you don't have a, it's just not that great, you don't think? Or it's not that spectacular, or maybe you forgot how spectacular, but I wanna encourage you that. I've been talking about expectation, expectation. You gotta take your expectation higher. Your story is a five-star story. You wanna know why I know your story is a five-star story? It's because Jesus came and died for you and for me. If Jesus thought you were important enough down the cross for your sins, your story is a five-star story. All, by all accounts, we should be raving about that. But here's what happens. The best stories that I know about, the most incredible stories that I know, the most incredible stories have changed, people are sharing those stories. Has this story changed your story so much that you're telling everyone about your story change? God, God, changed, my, God changed my story. I was living for me. God has changed, God's changed your story. You gotta, that's got, that should mean so much more to you. John 3, 16 should not just be a verse that we get tattooed on our body. And, you know, and, and, and the Romans wrote it's something that we prayed one time and then it just changed everything. Everything's all good. Like, we got to get more excited about our story. His story, cha- it changed your story. You were a train wreck. Tell the person next to you, like, you were a train wreck. <laughs> you're like, that's my spouse. She's like, you're st- someone, some of you guys are like, you're still a train wreck. <laughs> hey, you were a train wreck. I was a train wreck. I was a disaster. His story it changed your story. It changed your story. I'm so thankful that his story changed your story. I'm, I'm loving this season of our church. I'm loving this season. It's, it's for a lot of people, here's what I've noticed. A lot of people, this is about receiving. This is a season of receiving, but we have talked extensively this week, this season. This for our church, for Hope Church, this has been a season of giving. I can tell his story has changed some of your stories. A friend of ours was in a group. He's in a community group. And if you're not in a community group, then, then it's just hard for us to take care of you if you're not in a community group. And that's what they're there for. They're for, they're for caring. Now, we had, a, we had a, a guy, his dad died in our, in, in our his dad died in, in our community group. And one of the guys in our church, he, he, I said, hey, I, in, in that group, I said, hey, we want to help pay for this guy's funeral. And this guy gave, this, this guy in our group, this, this one guy gave in particularly. And, and he gave because God's changed his story. God's changed his story. I heard a story this past week that there's a young lady in our, in our, in our church and she's trying to get ahead and, and, trying, and trying to get ahead and trying to get ahead and trying to get ahead and, and trying to figure things out. And another couple in our church just gave her, gave her a laptop because God's changed their story. 
God's changed their story. Uh, God's changed Giselle and Derek's story. I'm so thankful that he changed their story because Judy's in my group and another group that I'm into. And Judy's like, I was in a group with Derek and Giselle and they taught me about generosity. God's changed their story. And now their story is changing other people's story. And she said, hey, I got generosity. I've been in this church for two years and I just got generosity. I was like, Derek and Giselle, you guys can leave now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I've been talking about it for two years, but you guys say it and you guys listen, you listen to her. Like, it's changed your story. A couple came up to me a few weeks ago in our church in this service and said, hey, we're gonna give the church, we're gonna give the church our third vehicle. We don't need it anymore. We wanna give it to the church. God's changed their story. We do some stuff, when, when God changed your story, you do some stuff that makes zero sense. Giving your car away, I'm thinking, man, if you sold that car, you could buy like a couple, you know, you could buy like a couple pairs of Jordans, like the ones that just came out, they're like a thousand bucks now, but you could buy a lot. But God's changed their story. There's a lot of people in this room, God's changed God's changed their story. There's a young lady in, our, in, the, in this church. She said, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start pastoring some ladies. I'm gonna start doing it. I don't need a title. I'm just gonna start doing it. I'm gonna invite everyone I know to come to the table. She's doing that. God's changed her story. When God's changed your story, you wanna tell people about it. His story, it changes you. When God's story changes your story, it changes the way you live. It changes the way you act. It changes the way you give. It changes the way you serve. It changes your mind. It changes, the, it changes your heart and it changes your hands. When it changes your story, I'm so thankful that his story changed. It changed your story. Um, I also, I, I wrote down in, in my notes, this isn't in your notes, but is your story advancing his story? Is his story, is it, is it, is it, advancing, is it advancing his story? Like, is your story advancing his story? Because I don't think Jesus came and died so we could, we're good, I'm, I'm gonna make it to heaven and I'm good. When the moment that we enter, the moment we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, everything, it, it, things should change. And when things change, it should, be, it should change the way we do things. The Bible says we're supposed to go out into all the world and to share the gospel, to share the good news, to share the story. To share the story, like you don't have to be a theologian to read the Bible. You don't have to be a theologian to know that God's called to go out and share. He's called to go out and share his story. What did Jesus spend most of his life doing? Sharing stories and helping people. What do we talk about almost every single week at Hope Church? Sharing our story and helping people. That's what we're called to do. We're called to do, there's a group of ladies in our church that are running around town looking for school uniforms for Maxie Elementary. God's changed their story. God's changed their story. I'm looking across the room and as I look across the room I start seeing stories and stories and stories of, of people where God's just, God's changed your story. It, it, it changes things. God's story, his story, it, it should change you. And you should go out and tell other people about it, and here's what, I, here's what I'm excited about, because when, when, when God changes my story, and he got, God changes your story, here's the third thing, our story is changing the world. We're gonna change, we're changing the world, and we're gonna continue to change the world. This church is a, it's a world-changing church. It's not the kind of church where you kind of come and sit in, and, and you, you kind of get comfortable, and, and you like it, and, and you can do that, and I realize a lot of times we lose people. I'm like, man, where do those people go? Where are they at? Told I'm like, hey, where'd they go? Where are they at? We talk about that. Sometimes as pastors, we get sidetracked. We forget there's a lot of people in the room and a lot of people that we can help get from chair two to chair three. We're like, hey, where'd that guy go? Where did that guy? And the reason why we get, we get excited, we, the reason why we get sad when people leave is because our expectations were high for them. We wanted them to embrace all that God has for them. And they check out, like, where did they go? I'm like, Con, I gotta, sit, I gotta talk to you about something. She's like, what is it? I said, I gotta explain to you where they go. Like this church, I realized this Hope Church isn't for everybody. It's not. I, I listened to a guy, uh, Michael Todd, at his church. Um, 
Transformation Church in Oklahoma, he has this thing, that, this card that he gives out at his church. It's not an invite card to his church. It's an invite card to six other churches. And the top of it says, this may not be your cup of tea. <laughs> this church, this church, this church. There's a lot of great churches where he's at. A lot of great churches. So thankful for where he's at. He said, this may not be, this may not be your cup of tea. Go check out one of these churches. I realize this, that this church is not for everybody, but this church is for people who want to share their story and they want to help more people connect to all that God has for them. If you like that, like this church is spot on for you. Like if you're like, this is, I'm looking for a church. I'm, I'm, I'm church shopping. Shopping for a church, like I shop for shoes. Like I'm shopping for a church. If you want to help some people, if you want to help some people find freedom, this is a great place to be. If you want to help some people find know God, it's a great place for you. If you want to help some people find their purpose for God, it's a great place to be. If you want to make a difference, it's a great place to be. But that's not, everybody doesn't want to do all those things. We're going to make a, we're going to make a difference. We're going, to, we're going to do some, our story is changing, our story is changing the world. I love this passage of scripture in Proverbs chapter 11. I want this to be said about, about Hope Church. The world of the generous gets larger and larger but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I've never, ever seen a generous person run out of what they have. I love this. I want people to say, that, man, their world got bigger. Hope Church, they, 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 kept on, they kept on giving, they kept on giving, they kept on giving. We gave a lot last year away to, to, to some people for, for Christmas. I was sitting with our trustees this week. I'm like, hey, what did we give, what did we give last year? And, we're gonna give double or triple of that what we gave away to people, the money that we'll never ever see again. This is just to help people. It's all this, it's just to help people, it's just to encourage people. It's to let them know, hey, God loves them. There's a church that loves them. We just wanna, we're gonna help some more people. Every year, it's like, we're gonna help more people. Every year, we're gonna get, our church is gonna get generous and get generous and more generous and more generous and more generous. We're gonna do that. The Bible says, the next part of that verse says, the, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. <laughs> Isn't that so awesome? Last week, I got to go uh, out of town with Diana on someone else's generosity. At a hotel, a nice hotel. Brad was like, how did you have fun last week? I said, see it, nicest hotel I've ever been to. <laughs> he said, what, did you eat good? I said, of course, you know I did. People say, I'm taking you somewhere. I'm like, I'm gonna get the most expensive thing on the menu. I'm gonna get the shirt there. Where I'm like, oh, I want that shirt. I want all the, I want all the, I don't wanna rob them of a blessing. Why would I wanna do that to them? <laughs> They want to bless me. I, got, I want to receive the full blessing. I want the full blessing from God. I want to give them an opportunity because the Bible says that their world's going to get bigger and bigger because they're generous. And God helps those who help others. I'm like, listen, they want to help me. I want them to help me. You know what I'm saying? I want to help people. I want to encourage people because the Bible says that's the right thing to do. We're going to reach 40 families next year. We're, at least 40 families. I think we're going to reach more than that. We're going to, we're going to develop 40 leaders next year. We're going to do that. But all that's contingent upon our heart for the house offering, what we do for the heart for the house. I'm really excited about the heart for the house offering, which is, which is, which is next week. And I'm super, super, super excited about that. God's given us a great, a great vision. God's given us a great vision. We're going to reach a lot of people. God gives us the vision, but we determine the velocity. We're going to determine when, what we give next week is going to determine how fast we reach people next year. I'm excited about that. I'm super excited about that. I was talking to, a, a, I've talked to so many people like, hey man, I, we're super excited about the offering. It's easy to be a pastor and to be excited about the offering because I'm supposed to be excited about the offering. But when people are saying to me, hey man, I'm really, really excited about the offering. I'm like, man, I'm really, really excited about the offering. I'm super excited about the offering. Because this offering isn't about us, it's about God. It's about how we're, how we're gonna reach more people. How we're gonna serve more people. 
We don't want to, we, we, we want to have a bigger serve day next year. We're going to reach more people. We're praying that God will give us another experience, that we're going to fill this place up and we're going to go to another experience. We want all that God has for us. We're super excited about it because we're going to reach people. I'm so excited to get to stand up here today and say, hey, we're going to raise money to reach more people. Not, hey, we're going to raise money so we can pay our bills. Our tithes pay our bills. Our generosity determines how far we're going to reach. We want to reach further next year. We're going to reach further next year. Um, you guys know that I was in, I was in Cuba, Cuba last October. And, um, and I was super excited. I was like, man, why am I here? And why am I in Cuba? And I don't know if they have some pictures of that, but I was in, in Cuba and, oh yeah, there. <clears throat> I was there and I was like, this is, that was the first image that God put in my heart and in my mind of Cuba. And we started asking how many people live there. And this is, a, this is a, a country that's been super, super oppressed and controlled by man and not, not led by God. And I, I, I just, I started looking at these pictures and I was like, man, this is, this is what God wants us. God want, we could do something here, but I didn't know what it was. I was like, well, we can do something here. We can do something with our heart for the house. We're going to be a part of this. And they were, I was there and they were telling me like, oh, this right here, we need, we need $1,000 for this. We need $1,000 for this. And I'm like, God, we can do more. Because we're not just a church, we're a generous church. It's one of our values, it's who we are, and so we can do more. And I, then I met this pastor and, and his wife. This is Joseph and, and, and Murray on the far right. Joseph and Mary. The, the guy said, this will be easy for you to remember because it's Christmas time. This is Joseph and Mary. And I, I, love, I love their story. God's changed their story. I, I love, 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 love that. On the far left, that's Bruce O'Neill, and he's a... He's, a, um, he's the director of Man of Missions, and the guy next to him, he helps uh, with missions. And these two, this couple on the right, they've started a church <clears throat> in their house. And I love that. I love that they're like, hey, so I, they, sleep, or they sleep in the same place where they have Sunday school. And I was there, and God was like, you can do, this is your project. This is what I want you to, this is what I want you to do. And not only did they start a church, this couple went in right around, right around from their street, this couple here, they, they've started a church. And they're putting up these brick and mortars, you guys. If you saw them, you'd say, man, I could, I could, I could, push, that, I could push that church over. They're in a place right now where, where I'm showing you now, this is, a, this is a little squatter village. These people have gone there and they've built the homes there without paying for it. They just started, got there, and they just started putting stuff up and they've been there long enough, now it's, now it's become their home. And they're hoping no one's kicked out. Not only they've become their home, they decided they're gonna make this home, they're gonna make it a church. And so um, I was at Joseph and Mary's uh, their house, and I, she's going to share his story. I, what I love about her story, what really got me excited was that M Maria, Mary there, she's taught herself English this past year. And the next video that I'm going to show you, her husband shares his testimony, part of his testimony, and she translates it, and this is what really, really got me excited. I want you to take a look at, at this video. Country. He, he met Jesus in 1993 too. Somos una familia humilde, pobre, de sin fuego. He, he said, I, I am from a, a poor family in Cienfuegos. Somos cuatro hermanos y hermanas. Three sisters and he's the only son. Eh, mi padre murió cuando yo tenía diez años. His father died when he was a young girl, ten years old. Y a partir de ahí mi vida se desordenó. And his life was a chaos. Estuve en el alcohol, en la droga, estuve preso, en fin. Estuve en alcohol, drogas y muchas cosas. En el año 93 conocí a Cristo. 
And everything changed. Everything changed for him. I love that story. Some of you guys are like, I just listened to it twice because I can understand Spanish. Well, lucky for you, all right? I love, 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 love that she said, I want to, she's not only sharing her story, but she's sharing his story. And you and I, we have an opportunity to pour into that. 80, 1985, I think she said, I was thinking about it. I was, I was three years old. And 35, 30, 33, 32 years later, I'm here today in, 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 in America, the greatest country in the world, sharing with you guys how we can do something greater how we can do something bigger. I was, I was, I was with uh, Jenny and Nelson a few weeks ago, and they said, I, they said, you know what blew my mind about the, the Heart for the House offering? I said, what? They said, you don't even have a church, but you're going to build somebody else a church. And they said, we want to be a part of a church like that. I've told you guys this for a long time. We don't, we, joy is spelled J-O-Y, and it's Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. That's how we live our lives. We're not putting on, we, we could, we've given enough away now. I don't, this might make you mad or make you sad or make you excited. We've given enough away now that we could have bought in a church building by now probably. We could have got ourselves into a space or got started, but we also would have accrued some debt and we want to be a debt-free church. So we could have got, we could have got a little bit further. We could have got a little further for ourselves. But I know this, we've never got as far as we've gotten if it wasn't because we were generous. So we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to be generous because the Bible says that the world of the generous gets larger and larger. That's what he's called us to do. So we're going to buy a church in Cuba. It's going to be awesome. Like, yeah, you guys, what church you go to? I go to Hope Church. Where do you guys meet? Meet in the YMCA. But we have a church. We just don't meet in it. It's another place. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like uh, I got some friends. They don't own a home, but they have a vacation home. And I'm just like, yeah flipped it a little bit, but that's a whole other message on wise and wise living. And anyways, that's another thing, but what I'm trying to say is this, I mean, we're not going to have, we don't have a home for us anywhere we go is a home. We'll have church in our house like they did. We have this space and we can use it for God's glory. You're here today and you're like, oh, so I'm, new to, I'm new to this church. Oh, let me do this. Underneath your seat, there's an offering on it. looks just like this. You can grab it. Underneath your seat. All underneath your seat might be asking yourself this question, why are they under the seat and not on top of the seat? When they're on top of the seat, it's confusing when people walk in. They don't know if they're supposed to sit down at someone else's seat. But once you grab this, and here's what I want you to do. You have this offering envelope right here today, and I want you to take it home with you tonight. This isn't for you to give today. And if you're new here today, like I said, I'm, this is my first time visiting, and this I, I'm new to this church. This isn't my church. Then you can, if you want to leave this underneath your seat, this is, this is fine. This is for people who say, this is this is my home. God's changed my story. He's changed our story. And I want to be a part of changing the world. And, and someone asked me today, can I, do we need to put one of these underneath all of our youth seats? I'm like, absolutely. We're going to put underneath our youth seats. Because here's what I believe. Everyone can take a part. We're praying and believing that we can raise $50,000 next Sunday for vision. We're going to determine our velocity next week. That's when we're going to determine our velocity. We'll know we're going 2019 based upon what happens, what happens next year because of this. If we all do something, now here's what I know. It's not, a, I've said this a thousand times. It's not about equal, it's not, a, it's not about equal, equal gifts. It's about equal sacrifice. 
I was talking to a friend, a, a business owner this week. He said, "Here, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the first. I'm gonna be the first dollars in." I said, "Oh, that's awesome." First dollars in. I looked at the check and I was like, "That's one, two, three, four zeros. Ten thousand dollars from a business just last last week." And this guy said, "That's that's for my business. This is for my business. We'll, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna do something for my family too." I was talking to another business owner this week, and he said to me, we, we had this number in our mind, and we had this number, and this is the number we were going to give, and it was awesome. And he goes, and then I went to my, went to my office this week, and um, my boss said, hey, here's a, here's a bonus. And I, and I told my wife, we can do more than what we thought we could do. I have a number in my head. I'm, I have a number in my head. I was telling uh, one, or one of our trustees this week, I was like, hey, I have this number in my head, but I'm a little bit nervous because well, the problem with setting a number too early is that typically God doesn't take away from the number, he adds to the number. So like there's like another seven days where I'm gonna kind of be like walking a tight line. My mechanic called me and he's like, hey, you, you're, you need to change these sensors, that's gonna be $400. It's like that kind of stuff happens when you get excited about giving like, yeah, let me throw this little, my wife's tires are flat, she needs two new tires. Like, Sorry, babe, we gotta give the church, we can, can, ride, can ride with me. <laughs> Sit next to me. <clears throat> it's not about equal, equal gifts. It's about equal sacrifice. It's about you doing what God's called you to do. That's what, that's, that's what it's about. And so that's next week. I'm super, super excited about that. Would you just pray? Would you take the offering envelope with you and just pray? If we all do what we're supposed to do, then I know that that, that number that we've put out there, it, it, may be, it may be a low number. It may not be the number. Whatever we all do next week will be what God wants us to do. I'm excited about that. Um, and then lastly, I wrote down this. This is important. He's not done writing your story. God's not done writing your story. That's for someone here today. Your story's not over. Things aren't going the way you thought they should go by now. Things aren't adding up the way they're supposed to add up. You're going in the wrong direction. He's not done writing your story. He's not done writing your story. It's not over yet. We helped a young lady this past week who thought her story is, was over. And she didn't have, um, she needed some things. The basic things that you and I, that you and I have every single day. She needed them. She just needed them. Without going into detail, she just needed some things. And, and the church has been able to help her with those things that she needs. And then another lady came along and she goes, I'm going to, I'm going to help. I'm going to help. I'm going to help too. I don't know what the church is going to do. That's great. With church, but I, I'm going to help too. And I'm going to help for six months. I'm just going to take care of this need this lady has. I'm just going to take care of my own personal. I'm going to take care of this for the next six months. And so things got a little bit better uh, for, this, for this young lady. And she goes, I want to start, I'm going to start giving back. I want, I want to give back. And, and Dinah says, and, and Dinah and I were saying to our friend, like, make sure she knows she doesn't, she doesn't have to give any of this back. This is a gift. When you give things away, you, that's what it is. You're giving it away. It's a gift. And this young lady says to us, you know, I don't have any money to give. But I, I got some food stamps. And I want to start giving. I want to start giving back. She goes, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this. I want to buy this much. And I want to help pay it forward on her food stamps. And that's, that's generosity. When you get it, it gets you. When he changes your story, it changes your story. And then your story begins to change other people's story. And then that story, when we get all together, our story can begin to change the world. It's starting, that's starting to happen here. There's a sense of, there's, a, there's an urgency that God's called us to be generous at this church. Our, it's not just one of our core values, it's becoming who we are. We're starting to be it, and it's awesome. She said, 
I want to I want to pay it for her. I want I want to start helping. But she can't pay all her bills, but she wants to start paying it for her before she can even pay all her own bills. That's generosity. I'm so thankful. But what I what I what I said what I what I what I would say to her today is that God's not done writing your story. What I would say to you today is God's not done writing your story. Chapter 15 may be ratchet. Hardcore ratchet. But chapter 20, man, it's gonna be awesome for you. You just gotta hang in there a little bit longer. You gotta meet some some mats and some Wesses. And some some of you guys you just gotta lock arms and you gotta meet some Annies and Ryan's and just gotta say, hey, can you help me get there? Like I'm not gonna make it. I need some help. You need an arena in your life. You say, I don't know if I'm gonna make it all the way, but can you just make sure that I that I get there? Help me get there. I don't know if I'm going to make it to chapter 20, but if I stay with you, I gotta. I feel like my odds are a little bit better, so I'm just going to stay with you. You need a Danielle Harperley in your life. She'll stay with you and hang with you and roll with you. You need that in your life. You need a Diana. Diana put on an event this past week. She set up five tables. Five tables. She says, I'm just going to do one day. I'm just going to put up five tables and set up tables so more people can come. More people can come. That's what we're called. We're called to set up tables. And if you can't do it, just lock arms with someone. This church can help you get there. We don't have all the answers, but we got some of the right answers. Not all of them, just some of the right ones. We know it's about Jesus, but we know it's about locking arms with other people. We know that. That part is our, those are our two answers for everything. So you don't got to come back next week. You don't got to come back ever again. Those are the two answers. Put Jesus first and find some people that got Jesus first and let, let them help carry some of the weight for you. That's what we know. We know those two answers. 